Welcome to Bossy Pants and the Nerd. We're Mel and Kevin, and we're going to chat with you about our passions, what we've learned, and what we love. Also, we're married to each other, and you get to listen to us talk. You are welcome. Well, thank you for joining Kevin and Mel on our podcast about the Enneagram. What is it and who are we? Uh, Mel and I have been talking about the Enneagram with one another for quite some time. We narrowed it down to four questions that we're going to be sharing with you today. And Melanie hates that I narrowed it down to four questions, but we'll see how this goes. (laughs) I wish you could see my face right now. (laughs) uh, You probably can. If you know Melanie, you know exactly what face she's giving me right now, but that's okay. Uh, So what we've got here is uh, I'm going to let Mel start off. She's got a a question that she wanted to share. And it's a good introduction, I think, um, to why we wanted to talk about the Enneagram today. But also like the Enneagram in particular and what that means for us and what that's been able to do for us as we kind of work through who are we and what do we do as people and existential crises and what is the earth anyway? So, you know, (laughs) simple questions. Basic. Yeah, just basic. Basic stuff. So I love personality tests. I'm one of those people. And I know a lot of people who are not into those personality tests, but I think the Enneagram is different. Uh, I was just listening to a podcast with Brene Brown and Chris Hewart that talks about how the Enneagram is not based on a personality test. That's just something that's evolved in the last 60 or so years, but it has become something that allows us to learn more about ourselves and more about each other and to see each other and ourselves with compassion. So I don't know, maybe we can just go back and forth a little bit about why do we love the Enneagram? What makes it special? Why, how does it compare to other personality tests? Why does it even matter? Sure. Well, I've got a, I've got a friend of mine who is going to chuckle because he's going to know I'm talking about him if he listens to this, <laughs> but he hates personality tests with a passion. He thinks they're dumb. He thinks they're reductionist. He thinks that if everyone were to suddenly collectively across the entire planet and the cosmos itself, just suddenly forget that personality tests existed, that we would all be better off. Um, And I would say for the most part, I kind of agree with him. (laughs) You know, like Facebook personality tests. I mean, let's face it. They are randomized. I'm sorry. You do not look like Mariah Carey. It's just not how it works, you know, like, but I think that the Enneagram is rooted in something that is a little different. And it's that difference, I think, that makes it worth talking about. Whereas, you know, the Myers-Briggs in particular, I'm just unimpressed with, or even the DISC profile, which I know some people are super excited about in the business world. Um, Again, just not, not super impressed personally. Um, And if you disagree with me, that's fine. We can fight about it later. But what are, what are, I think there are merits to those. Can sure. Can you name any of those? Well, okay. So, like, the, the DISC profile is, you know, I don't even know. Like, I, I used to know what the four stood for. There's, like, influencing and... We I just know, know that you're dominant. <laughs> it's true. I, 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 I'm not opposed to controlling things, because when I'm in control, things get done well. Um. Myers-Briggs, we took... As freshmen in college, most most yeah, college and, students or business people do. And mm-hmm. I think the Myers-Briggs is helpful because it describes what you do, um, how you show up kind of in the world. Like, mm-hmm. I am an ESFJ, so I'm extroverted, mm-hmm. and I'm intuitive, and I am sensing and feeling. Actually, intuitive is... Intu- ES. Oh, well. 
intuitive <laughs> E-S, sensing, F, feeling, J, judging. Judging. I'm not intuitive. No, I'm sorry. You're not intuitive. I'm, I'm the intuitive one. Um, but yeah, and I think that illustrates actually what is a limitation of Myers-Briggs is that it reduces your personality to a binary this or that. Mm-hmm. And obviously, if your test had come back that you're an intuitive person, you'd have been like, oh, yeah, I'm totally intuitive. You know, like you kind of see yourself. It's like a horoscope. Almost. And you write off the other. And you kind of like, yeah, the either or choice is something that I'm really not excited about and really not impressed with. Um, and the disc, I think, is just limited because not everyone in the world falls into four categories. Sure. And the Enneagram has nine. And the Enneagram also acknowledges that we don't all fall into nine categories either. You know, people are more diverse than that. Well, it's shades, too. It's right different strengths and different combinations. But if you have to spend more time explaining how your system really does work, sure, then your system doesn't work because mm-hmm. you could have just had a conversation like normal people. If you're shorthand and the system doesn't describe it by itself, then it's not a good system. Okay, but I will say that the Enneagram, I think one of the beautiful things about it is that it's so deep that you would have to you have to kind of plunge in and you're not sure when you're going to come out of it like it (laughs) you can just explore it from like the meme perspective and follow some accounts on instagram and um talk about you know well what any what type uh would take this vacation if you're a seven you're gonna love those facebook groups where they share memes 24 7 it's just what you're gonna do those are fun but those are really reductionistic if that's a word um, whereas the true tool is more of a lifelong formation process. So it's not something that you're just like, oh, cool, I'm a three, whatever. Like, yes, I'm the best <laughs> number. Um, and you move on with your life. It's if you engage with it, I find it to be beautifully destructive. <laughs> um, it's been really devastating for me to get down to really the the shadow sides of myself and not just seeing, okay, I'm an extrovert and I, I engage the world with my emotions. Like I know those things about myself. That's kind of surface level information. The Enneagram kind of plunges into the depths of who you are and gets to really your essence uh, for lack of a better word. Like I think it's who God created you to be and the gift that you bring into the world. Um, Oh, we have a baby crying. So after a little bit of break and after Junia interrupted our last recording session and after Junia's second birthday, which was like two weeks later, uh, we're back and we're here to continue talking about the Enneagram. Uh, We wanted to kind of give a a little bit of a talk about the numbers that Mel and I both identify with. And I'm using the phrase identify with because I'm not a huge fan of putting people in boxes and saying, oh, you are such a two. You always do this. Um, but I think that, you know, the motives and the things that go into the numbers, it's a good way of kind of like holding up a mirror and seeing your own motives and things. And it's just a great way of hearing someone talk about themselves and see, uh, you know, see how their brains work or at least see how they think their brains work. And uh, it can be entertaining. Um, personally, I identify most with a, a five number. Um, which is kind of the observer or the investigator, depending on you know which way you're, which person's materials you're reading about a five. 
And um, so what that means is like my personal instinct when I look at a new problem or I look at a new situation is I kind of want to like take a step back and I want to know what's going on and, you know, what all the variables are. I want to know what's like, what, what do I need to know before I make a decision? Um, at my best, that means that I'm like one of the most well-informed dudes in the room. Like I've done my homework. I know what's likely to pop up and, uh, I, you know, I have all the, all the information we need and I can help everyone else kind of follow along too. Uh, at its worst, it means that sometimes I can be like, well, Hey, I don't have all the information yet, so I'm just going to do nothing for a while. Or <laughs> Hey, I've been talking to people for like 15 minutes now. I'm kind of exhausted. I'm going to go read for a week. Um, (laughs) yeah, mostly. Uh, so a lot of it is that, you know, personally, um, I'm, I'm an introvert, which kind of sounds like it goes with five, but like, it kind of also compounds things. I tell people I'm an introvert with social skills because I can be a very personable person. Um, I like to think that I can even be funny. You are funny. I'm I'm when I'm in a good mood, you're really funny. (laughs) That is true. If I'm in a good mood, Melanie thinks I'm hilarious. If she's in a bad mood, then I'm annoying and terrible and I should leave. Um, (laughs) But yeah, like, so um, I'll basically, I'll go, I'll hang out with people. I love to talk to people. And then I need to go, like, spend some time alone for a bit. I had a couple questions about that. Uh So, one would be, do you feel like that personality relates to how we sometimes call you a mole? Yes. <laughs> Although technically you started calling me a mole because I don't like bright lights. Right. Not because I hide from people in a hole. I know, but you literally <laughs> don't pay attention to your physical needs or to the fact that it's daylight or the fact that it's pitch dark in a room. So that became the mole thing. But and then also Jesus fasted for 40 days. I'm pretty sure I don't need to eat lunch right now. Yeah, it's very interesting. So that is a part of that, like not being aware of other things, having everything going on in your mind. Yeah, like, I mean... Your I, mind palace, what I've I, heard it called. Yeah, sure. Um, that sounds all fancy. I think maybe what um, what I didn't realize wasn't normal for everyone was that other people don't see their bodies as just like the thing that holds your brain. Um, so like for me, like if my body were to like be taller, like I wouldn't feel significantly different about myself. I'd still be me. Like I would feel like my body changing doesn't mean I've changed. Right. Cause like I am not my body. And so I see this like separation where I kind of live in my own head and I just use the body to do the things that I need to do. Hmm. Um, which means that, you know, like I'm not, I don't really take great care of myself. There was a summer that I was working in a chemistry internship where I, I literally lived out of a hot pot with pasta and rice made in a, like a, an actual hot pot. Like one of those things that's designed to heat water, except that I use it to like make <laughs> pasta for a summer. <laughs> so you didn't live in the hot pot. No. Your food was cooked in right. the hot pot. <laughs> yeah, like I was living in like this one room bedroom thing where i just had a a desk and a bed and an outlet for a hot pot (laughs) and like i don't looking back on that like that was not a miserable summer like i didn't hate that that was fine um but i when i say it out loud i realize most people would would hate that and there's this there's whole portions of culture that are focused around body image or body uh, being proud of your body or body shaming or like so the fact that you're, it's not even like a component for you. Yeah, there's like a whole category of, of things that I just, 
it's not that I'm like this well self-actualized person who's like <laughs> really integrated my body into my person. Um, I, I just haven't integrated it mm. at all. And so it's not a problem. Okay. So <laughs> like I literally, it's not that I, I have accepted my slightly dad bodness. <laughs> it's that I just can't bring myself to care. Do you even notice it or that you not just even don't a little care? Bit, really. So it's no. not that you don't care. It's that you don't even notice it. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's irrelevant. Okay. So that to me is sounding like your body center, your, your body, physical intelligence, your gut intuition. It sounds kind of repressed. Like if there's the three intellectual, uh, intelligence centers of the Enneagram, which are the heart, the head and the, the gut or the, the body. Mm-hmm. You are not aware of the body. Yeah, if but, I have all the facts, then nothing else matters. Okay. So I, I'm right. I can prove it. But for a while, I actually <laughs> convinced you that you were an eight because the way that you seem to show up in conversations and in decision making is with this fast gut reaction that is almost always right. Like you just have the answer. Yeah. Lickety split. And I'm like, I, you have to be an eight. You're strong. You can bulldoze things if need be. You are the protector. You will go before anybody and just take the hits. So yeah, why? I think that's mostly because I'm unwilling to let somebody who doesn't have the information take over for people who do. Which is why on a personal level, Donald Trump is just so personally offensive to me mm. because it's a clear example of someone who has no idea what the hell he's doing, has not done any research. And yet he's just like, man, I know everything. Isn't that great? I'm fantastic. You know, like as somebody who very much values the facts and research, that is like offensive to me on a deeply personal level. Mm. And I kind of hate that. Mm. Like, I don't kind of hate that. I deeply mm-hmm. like my soul burns against mm-hmm. that. <laughs> that is awful. Okay. So, but earlier today we were talking about how I, perhaps it's not a gut instinct or reaction so much as you are, I'll just say a highly intelligent five because not every, it's not a prerequisite of a five to, you know, have a high IQ. But I think you personally process information at lightning speed and... Because of that, it appears to the rest of us as if it's a gut reaction. But it's actually a head reaction? I think so. Okay. Because, I mean, if you ask me why I did something, I have an answer. And there's yeah. usually a source. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not that Wikipedia article where everything is citation needed. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, I, I know why I think what I think. Mm-hmm. And there's usually some sort of reference or some book or some conversation I've had with somebody where I've learned. And because of what I've learned, I have these strong mm-hmm. opinions that are based on facts and research and, like, that's what I make my decisions from. Mm-hmm. It's why my mom, when I was in high school, literally told me I wasn't allowed to argue with her anymore because mm-hmm. she got tired of me sounding like I made sense. And she's <laughs> like, yo, dude, I don't have time to argue with you right now. I just need you to stop talking and do what I'm telling you. Even if you disagree, just just, just go, yeah. you know? Because, like, I, I bring the receipts because I've, I've done the reading. Mm-hmm. We talked about me for, like, eight minutes. Let's talk about you. Okay. Am I supposed to talk about my Enneagram number? Yeah, that's that's next. Or it's with, right there on the with little. With which number the I identify? And see, this is this is our numbers again because, yeah. like, I have a list yeah. and I have a, a goal and I have a, 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 a plan. Most people would think that I'm the list person. Like, almost everybody I know thinks that I am. A we super, had to fight so that you would let me make yeah, a list. Yeah, a super outline. organized, very well executed, very well planned out person. I'm not sure exactly. Convincing you to make the list was a tense conversation yeah. for us relationally. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure how I've convinced people that that's what I am but maybe that's a good segue into telling you all that I'm 
a three, mm-hmm. which previously I've just described as the worst number on the Enneagram. It's true. It's true. Um, the three is the performer or the successful achiever, which I prefer the successful achiever as a term. Well, no, because it sounds better. Yeah. Right. Performer sounds like a fake, gotta have the spotlight kind of a person, and I didn't like that at all. I was like, ew, gross. No, everything needs to be a win. So, um, I identified myself as a one for a while, which is the perfectionist, and a lot of other people would have said I was a one, because I do things really well, I get good grades, I turn things in on time, I do things correctly as best as I can. Uh, The thing that helped me to realize I might not be a one is when I realized I didn't really care about the rules. (laughs) And I was always like rolling through stop signs, just kind of like look both ways and go like not driving the wrong way on one way streets. Yeah, that was a mistake. I should not have done that. I wasn't disregarding (laughs) that rule. That was a mistake. Um, But I don't care about the right or wrong. I just want to Whatever it is, I want it done as fast as possible. <laughs> and the the speed matters. And so I want to be effective. So when I communicate, when I, if I'm spending money and time on a college education, I'm going to pour everything into it to get my money's worth. Um, I, I'm going to push back on that a little bit. Okay. Because that's, that's true to a point. Okay. But you're not doing the effort to achieve something. Mm-hmm. You're doing the effort so that you can achieve better than the average person and being seen as better than the average person. Hmm. Like I'm going to put my effort into this and I'm going to do this really well. So mm-hmm. that, you know, like, cause what I'm thinking is a counterpoint is like when we took that history class together, mm-hmm. you studied a ton, you mm-hmm. did a good job. You got an A minus. Mm-hmm. You weren't happy with the A minus because I did what you perceived as less work and mm-hmm. got an A mm. and you were mad. I'm still mad. I, I know. I'm, I hesitate. Many... I hesitate to bring this up 15 Gosh. years later, but <laughs> like, was that freshman year? Yeah, it was. Oh, it was right after we started dating. It. Still, we almost broke up over it. I think still really bitter about that. I know, but like, that's, that's a, an example yeah. though. Like you don't want to just do well, you need to do better. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Which is why we don't play Euchre together. Um, yeah, I really don't like doing things that I'm not great at. But I feel like a lot of people are like that. Or, like, mm. you don't like to do things if you're not good at it. Like, you just don't do it. I mean, I do have a trombone um, sitting next to me that I'm pretty awful at. Right. So. Yeah, I I don't... It, it matters to me very much what people think about me. And... I realize that the three can be kind of a shape shifter. And so I believe that that's how I've both convinced myself of different ways of being in the world. Like I've convinced myself that I am a perfectionist or I am whatever, but I'm actually not. I actually just want to get the job done. Well, And, and I want to get it done as fast as possible. Yeah. And I've had almost every adult in my life tell me, slow down, Mel. That was the refrain of my parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked for your mom one summer. There's vacuuming, no shortcut to thoroughness, Melanie. And I was always vacuuming too fast. I remember my grandpa always telling, <laughs> also telling me I vacuumed too fast, and telling me I was watering the plants too fast. Like there wasn't, which those things are all. You're relative. not about enjoying the journey. No, nope, no. <laughs> we do not stop for the bathroom no. if we have a trip. No. I hear there's these new things called porta johns or like a pee you? bags. 
um, oh, the pee bags. Okay. Yeah. yeah I would totally do that. Um, John and Sherry did yeah, that. Yeah, we can, we can have a whole yeah, podcast later about how to pee in the car. I want everything to be done as quickly and as effectively as possible. And I want to, well, people been, to notice. You've been crapping on the three for a bit. Yeah. So what's the positive side of the three? Because you're not a terrible person. No, but I mean, those things are good. I get things done and I get them done quickly and I get them done well. Yeah, but you're talking about it in a negative way. So like, what's the positive side of being able know. to see yourself through other people's um, eyes? I mean, I can tell you if you want to know, but I, I mean, thought I would, you would love like that. To tell that would that. be great. Yeah. Same. I mean, see, when other people tell me how great I am. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's here's what Melanie does as a three that I would never think to do as a five. Okay. See, I look at things objectively. I know the facts. I know what I think the right thing to do is, and I listen to other people just long enough to know whether or not they're giving me actually new information or if they're just wrong. Right? Like that's for better or for worse. That's how I process the world. You, because of, like, your values, are just naturally empathetic. Okay. Because you see yourself and, like, you see your successes through other people's eyes means you also can put yourself in the place of other people and understand what they're thinking and how and why. And so, like, you are are great at seeing what other people are thinking and being able to, like, almost experience that along okay. with them at the yeah. same time. Do you think that's a three thing or just an empathy thing? At this not... point, I don't really give a crap. Okay. Like, I'm not going to okay, box you into being only a three. I'm just saying that's, a, that's so like, a, a positive thing. side I... of that same thing that you've been kind of crapping on. Yeah. That's th- something that you do well. A three, I can walk into a room of a hundred people and probably know what everybody is thinking of me within five seconds and what everybody is expecting of me and become all of those things separately to all of those people without even breaking a sweat. It's very energizing to me. Uh, That obviously can be great. Like uh, I can connect with anyone. I'm not, I mean, conversations are awesome. I can gain the respect and trust of basically everyone. The the shadow side of that is that if I if used incorrectly, people could fear trusting me because I can just I'm just like I yeah, don't. But that's not how people actually respond to you. Now no. you're quoting books about threes. Yeah, um, threes get a bad reputation for that. Um, but I've, not you. No, that's not how people respond. No, to you're you. right. Um, I think the problem. I think I fool myself more than anything because I am such a performer. I have. When I, st- when I stop to admit it, I'm like, I've always been in front of the microphone. I always want to, be- I mean, since I was three years old, I've been okay with being on stage, making speeches, singing, performing, leading things, and people follow me. And I, when I see greatness in other people, and when I have passion about something, I can get there and people will follow me there because they, they respond to my energy. They respond to my excitement. Um... And my, when I'm being, my, my truthfulness, my authenticity. Um, and the other part of that, um, I was thinking of something performance-wise. Um, I lost my train of thought. Well, I think that That's illustrates, okay. too, like, that last question, transition. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, the Enneagram, like, because you just, like, kind of slipped into that yourself, even when talking about you. Mm-hmm. Is like, I asked you about like things that you did that were good Mm. and you immediately started talking in the abstract about stuff you'd read about threes, right? Mm -hmm. Because like everybody's doing a podcast about the Enneagram, right? So 
I, I was okay with doing our first podcast on the Enneagram because it's a good way of people getting to know you and me. Yeah. Not because I think the Enneagram is like even really a good way of categorizing people. Mm-hmm. It's an absolutely terrible way of categorizing people. Mm-hmm. It just happens to be slightly less terrible than Myers-Briggs, which okay. I think is utter crap. Okay. Um, so like, I think that that's the temptation there is like, if you start talking about the Enneagram, you're like, oh my goodness, there's all this information. Mm-hmm. And oh my goodness, I, I have this wing and then I, I integrate and disintegrate into this number and this number. And then there's this triad. And then I, oh, I'm really separated. And I, I feel like I'm suppressing this wing. And like, oh my gosh, there's so many things to you're learn. so good at the vocab. It makes me sick. Yeah. Like I, I know all the vocab because <laughs> yeah. like I, I've listened to all the podcasts and stuff. It's yeah. just that I happen to think that most of it is just really complicated terminology for what's a really simple truth. Like you have, yeah, sure. If you want to talk about thinking, emotions, and gut instinct. Sure. You can, if you want to, you can create those three categories for how people make decisions. Mm -hmm. And some people are going to be better at some than others. But it's when you start layering like, okay, this personality type interacts with these three things. This like, there are so many exceptions to these rules that people try and create that the rules are almost useless. Mm -hmm. Right. At best, it's a conversation starter between you and yourself Mm -hmm. Or it's a conversation starter you can give to someone else so they can have a conversation with themselves. And it's a good way of in kind of investigating yourself and going, okay, how do I think? Yeah. What am I comfortable doing? What makes me uncomfortable if I'm asked to do it? You know, and so if you become aware of your own blind spots, that can make you a more well-rounded and mm. a more adaptable person, which I think is the actual purpose of yes. the Enneagram. Yeah before they turned it into a personality test in the late 70s. You're right. It it is actually a really helpful tool for kind of some self-actualization for becoming the person you were really meant to be. Mm-hmm. Um and if you're willing to do the work, I think the Enneagram is a tool to help you become in my framework, my spirituality to become what God, what what Jesus created me to be. Mm-hmm. Um and and for me, that that has been and will probably continue to be a slightly devastating process because I, I'm able to deceive myself. I've I often have this um, what's it, imposter syndrome syndrome where I never think that I, I I find myself in places of power or respect or whatever. And I I think how did I get here? I'm just a fraud. I'm a fake. Yeah, you're um, never as good as other people think you are. I always yeah. I think I've fooled everyone, and. And I also, but I've also recognized that my own deceit, um, I, I don't pause to, to care for myself, to acknowledge my feelings, even though I'm in this feeling center. Um, everything is processed by my emotions, but I don't, when I walk into a room, I'm so in touch with what's going on in the world and what people expect from me in that place, um, that I don't know that I'm exhausted, that I have no, uh, no capacity to give anymore, but I'm going to keep giving until I collapse and I right. And so super bitter. <laughs> if you're aware of that, yeah. because you've taken the Enneagram and applied it to yourself first, yeah. instead of trying to type your parents and go like, Oh, I bet my dad is this, or I bet my friend is this. Like mm-hmm. that's exactly how not to do it. Right. Right. But if you can use that as like, okay, in what ways am I like this number? Mm-hmm. Okay. In what ways is this number super uncomfortable for me? 
in what ways is this number over here? Man, I really wish I could do that Mm -hmm. better. Mm -hmm. Or realizing that, hey, I bet other people are really good at that, even though I'm not. Mm -hmm. So, like, it it can build an appreciation for difference. Yeah. Where our instinct as humans is, unfortunately, to take anything that's not like us and hate it. Right. So we're not just focusing on becoming a better three. It's, oh, there's actually these eight other ways aside from mine of viewing the world. And I could learn something from them and appreciate them and have empathy for them. And yeah. um, and I think the, the wider truth there, too, is that it goes beyond how do you think. Mm-hmm. It goes into what experiences have other people had that I haven't mm-hmm. that I can learn from. Mm-hmm. You know, And so, like, you know, right now the world's going to hell in a handbasket over the issue of race. And I think that at its best, the Enneagram could make us better at saying, hey, with all these people who are different than me, if I just kind of sit and shut up for a second and I listen to the experiences of others Mm -hmm. and I allow that to change me and to make me more than what I was, you know, like that is probably the only healthy way to start learning from someone who is different mm. is to say, they're going to say stuff that doesn't make sense to me, but that's kind of the point. Mm-hmm. They're going to have different perspectives, but that's the point. The point isn't that I you know, take what I like and leave what I don't. The point is that I integrate all of it. Mm. And so I, I think integration, not in the way the Enneagram uses it, but integration in the sense that when you discover something new that doesn't feel comfortable you find a way of making it a part of who you are, even if it's not comfy. Because, <laughs> like, I go to a party and I, I don't want to be the one that talks to everyone. I don't want to start conversations. I hate small talk with a passion. I love small talk. I want to burn it to the <laughs> ground and, like, pee on the ashes. I hate oh, small talk. That's stinky. I know. But, like, <laughs> that's not a really smart way of living sure. to say, I'm never going to do that. I hate it and I'm right. I'm just going to always hate this till I die. Mm -hmm. You know, like some people, like until they've had their small talk with you, they're never going to talk on a deeper level. Right. And so it's like, okay, so if this person needs to talk about the weather for a second so that I can get to something else with them later on and really learn something and really kind of like see the world through their eyes, Mm -hmm. like, okay, fine. I can put up with some small talk for a bit because that's what some people need. I don't like small talk that... um you know that you're both avoiding talking about something, so you're just gonna. Well, yeah, like, if somebody's just like room. covering up a conflict right. with small talk. That's just all. That's bullcrap. But around. one of the, the the gifts that I can bring to conversations is I instantly see the gifts of that person and the things that they love, and I I'm almost integrated with them, like like the Civil War thing with with. Uh, one gentleman who is, you know, probably 40 years older than me and said, started talking about how much he loves Civil War reenactments and he goes to Civil War book clubs at the library. And I, for week after week, was so, I love hearing what other people love. I was such an an eager listener that he began to invite me every single week to his Civil War book clubs. And I had no interest at all in going to the Civil War book clubs. And so I finally had to tell him, I just love hearing you talk about this. I don't... I don't actually have a personal interest in that. And I think that's <laughs> because some people may not ever get past surface level kind of conversation. That's where they're at. Right. And there's an empathy and a, I see you and you're welcome here just as you are that, that I can bring to the world. Yeah. And that kind of acceptance of, yes, this is different, but that doesn't make it bad. Mm-hmm. 
that I think is at its best what the Enneagram has to offer is recognizing that different is good. Different is an opportunity and it's not something we need to be afraid of. Mm-hmm.